Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. You can't have a vested interest outside the womb if you don't have a vested interest inside the womb. It's the same child. Hi, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. As you know, we have a brouhaha brewing in our culture about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And it is absolutely amazing to me, and I've been amazed many times before by the liberals and the pro-abortion side, of their disconnect with history and understanding even what Roe versus Wade is and was. So I'm going to walk you through it a little bit today. I think you'll find it somewhat enlightening. Uh, I do have a little bit of history and experience in this. I have studied these things uh, fairly deeply as as a layman. I'm I'm not a lawyer, uh, but uh, I've actually spent more time in court than some lawyers have, to be honest with you. But here's some things you need to know. Number one, abortion did not start in America when Roe versus Wade law was made by the Supreme Court in 1973. That is a complete and utter misnomer. Uh, there were seven states that completely outlawed abortion before 1973. Seven states out of the 50 that completely outlawed abortion before 1973. There were about six states that had no restrictions on abortion whatsoever, just like Roe versus Wade did. And that's what Roe versus Wade did. It was abortion at any time for any reason or no reason at all. In other words, it was the mother's complete right. The child was treated as property. Okay, so that's what you have to understand. And then all the other states, the 37 states, all had various rules and laws. Uh, uh, some of them cut off uh, abortion at six weeks. Some of them cut off abortion at 13 weeks. Some of them had uh, little special circumstances. But Roe versus Wade did not institute abortion in America. There had been abortion controversies and, and battles long before that, although not highly publicized. And in most cases, abortion was not treated as birth control as it is now. I should say, in no case was the life of the mother, like in a topic pregnancy, for instance, ever an issue. It has never been debated by any side of the debate. The most pro-life people do not debate the, the literal life of the mother. What Roe versus Wade did was it said it doesn't matter about the life of the mother, any circumstances of the mother that she chooses not to benefit her, then she uh, has the right to abortion on demand. That's what the on demand means. No circumstances. I want to. Matter of fact, I can go out and get pregnant on purpose and I can kill the baby and I can go and get pregnant again and kill that baby, and nobody can stop me from doing that as much times as I want because that's my property and that's my right, okay? What Roe versus Wade did was gave blanket authority for abortion for any reason or no reason at all to every state and then became legislative battles 
over this restriction and that restriction. Pennsylvania, by the way, uh, under a Democratic governor, Bob Casey, uh, pushed the best pro-life bills during those early days. Uh, The Casey case, which was lost in the Supreme Court to attempt to roll back some of Roe's uh, open-endedness that there had to be circumstantial considerations regarding taking the life of the child. And Casey was overturned, uh, uh, which was a pro-life bill. And uh, there were a few restrictions that were still in place. The problem with many of these restrictions or limitations is how in the world are you going to enforce them? Who's going to be there to monitor all these things so it becomes a great problem? There are laws on the books right now, and if you've got a liberal governor or a liberal lieutenant governor uh, or state attorney, they just choose not to enforce the rules, kind of like uh, the immigration situation, okay? So uh, the bottom line here was they went after the state of Texas because the state of Texas was one of the seven states that had no abortion whatsoever. And they sued the state of Texas uh, under the 14th Amendment. And the reason it's called Roe versus Wade is because Wade was the state's attorney. And so Wade's defense was that the state had an invested right and responsibility to protect uh, pregnancy. Uh, If you read the transcripts from Roe versus Wade, Wade's defense was woefully weak. Uh, I would say underprepared or maybe even undereducated as to what he was really dealing with. Uh, But they used the 14th Amendment. By the way, the 14th Amendment was enacted after the Civil War by a Republican Senate. And when it was enacted, it was called the Black Laws. And the reason it was called the Black Laws is because it, the, the, the punch of the 14th Amendment is the phrase you've heard a hundred times, due process, under the law. And what they were saying was that African Americans, black people, were not getting due process. They were being treated differently. Like if they went to file a lawsuit or, or if they wanted to file for you know some benefit the state had or anything like that, then they were being treated differently. And so the Republican Congress said, no, no, we're going to institute the 14th Amendment. We're not just going to pass a legislative act. We're going to amend the Constitution and make it painfully clear that everybody in the United States is entitled to due process. And they went this far. They said even non-citizens are entitled to due process. Anybody that's on our soil has to be treated in a certain way and has access to the courts. Like you can't rip off somebody in this country just because they're a foreigner. They have regress. They have due process that they can go and they can file in. And so what the court found in Roe versus Wade, of course, there's no right to abortion. If you read the 14th Amendment all day long, you couldn't turn it on its head any way and come up with abortion in there. 
But what the court did was they invented something called the right to privacy, which is not in there. Those words don't appear. They say they don't appear. And then he said, well, there's this, there's this suggested right of privacy, and then there's a, a penumbra uh, of, of understanding that this could include abortion. And a pumbra, what's, what, what, you know what that means? That means like a shadow of something. Like if there was... If if there was like a statue and it cast a shadow, that would that would be the the penumbra of something. So they're saying there's this Fourteenth Amendment and it kind of cast a shadow and and it suggests that there's a right of privacy and then the right of privacy suggests that this is this is this woman's private business because this child is is living in her body right now. I mean, the truth is, this was bad law from day one, and everybody knew it. Most legal scholars, even liberal scholars, understood that someday, at some point, when you had a court that would interpret the Constitution, you know, conservatively, accurately, not liberally, that this thing would fall because there just was no merit for it. It was very much a political decision. It was weak law, and here's here's the other issue. If you were going to do Roe versus Wade again today, let's say that Texas still had no abortions allowed, and they were going to come and sue, the argument would be completely different. Why would that be? Because we understand child development in the womb, fetal development in the womb, way greater than we did then. Matter of fact, Wade didn't even make that argument. He didn't, he didn't argue the personhood. He didn't talk about fetal development. He didn't talk about a baby being able to survive outside its mother's womb. That, you know, at a certain age. You know, we have a, we have a little child uh, that's connected to our network right now who was born at one pound, 13 ounces, who is surviving with, you know, medical assistance right now by the grace of God. See, the argument is that the state has a vested interest. Now, here's what that looks like. There's laws that make you put your child in a car seat. They say, the state says, they have a vested interest in keeping that child safe and they're going to make rules and tell you how to do it. The state says they have a vested interest in your child being educated, and therefore they have laws about education. The state says they have a vested interest in your child being healthy, and therefore they have uh, medical things. If you don't treat your child medically a certain way, there are parents that have gotten in trouble uh, for not doing certain medical treatment because the state says they have a vested interest. So what, what the overturning now has done is returned it back to the states and says, we agree. The states have a vested interest in this child because this child is a person. And you can't have a vested interest outside the womb if you don't have a vested in interest inside the womb. This is me speaking now because it's the same child, okay? So we have to understand uh, Roe versus Wade and what it is and what it did. And so when all these people are talking about it, uh, most of them honestly have very little understanding. 
The truth is, we're just talking about law today. The truth is Roe versus Wade was really bad law. And uh, it was a decision that it should have that should have never passed. And having the information we have today, it would never have passed, even in that liberal court, I don't believe. So it's important to understand is to put this argument in the proper context. So now as citizens of our states, we have to say that we want to protect children inside the womb, just like the state is always talking about protecting them outside the womb, even when I personally believe the state oversteps its ground by some of the limitations they put on parents and demands and what they consider protecting the child outside the womb. Well, you can't do that if you take away the basic right, which is the right to life. Okay? So, Roe versus Wade comes and goes. God's word stands forever. And children are a blessing and a gift from God. Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. There's probably some people that need to hear this. Don't you share it? We have to understand what Roe versus Wade is and what it did. Most people don't understand the facts or the law. This is an argument that has to be put in the proper context. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.